cup of the morning to you. Uh, we, can, we can be seated. Thank you very much. And uh, if it's possible, uh, you're probably videoing. And if that's the case, um, I understand it'll be a little hard. But could we just turn the spotlights a little? Um, I really want to know that I'm speaking to people. <laughs> I, I want to be talking to you. Take it down as far as you can without interfering with your with your video. Thank thank you. That me and one, that's great. Yeah, see, uh, I'm not the star here. You understand? <laughs> Jesus is the star. Well, it is such a privilege, Pastor Willie and Desiree. Thank you so much. Just kind words, and uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, we have had some incredibly good fellowship. We went out last night to a restaurant. Had a lovely steak around an incredible fellowship, uh, and those two go together well. <laughs> Amen. Uh, if you're going to have really good fellowship, you might as well eat well while you're doing it. Amen. So, and the rest of the team here, thank you very much. It's been such a great joy, and and uh, being looked after. The hospitality is incredible. Uh, I I rejoice in working in through the Equippers churches. I've been doing that for several years with Pastor Bruce. Uh, and Pastor Sam and, and uh, around the world. In fact, it's not long since I've been in London and speaking in the Equippers. Uh, I spoke in different places around England, but I was doing Equippers in London and spending time there because uh, most of you here will know Pastor Mark. Uh, yes. Uh, Monica. You know she comes from Ireland too, yes. You see, I just loved her straight away. Amen. And uh, great, thank you, Michael, for picking me up and looking after me and, and bringing me backwards and forwards and, and sharing fellowship. I love Brazil. I really love Brazil. I, I've, done, I've gone down to Brazil a lot of times, and I love them because I think that they're the closest to being like Irish people. <laughs> they are passionate, loving, hugging. I'm a huggy person. I, I'll just hug anything that moves. And... <laughs> And uh, I, I, I do a big lot with the Chinese people, and uh, the Chinese are not into so many hugs like the Brazilians. So I have learned over years of wisdom to go to the Chinese first and then go to Brazil, because by the time I've left the Chinese, I'm in withdrawal, and, and I, I need to get some hugs. And, and uh, it's almost the extremes, uh, but both have incredible hearts for God. And, and certainly love us, uh, absolutely. And, and that's great. I, uh, I was working last night because obviously when I'm traveling, there's lots and lots that I can preach. I don't, I, I don't know whether I'm scared about what I preach or not. I was in Singapore just recently and uh, the, a big church, multiple services, and the Holy Spirit came in a powerful way. I don't do many prayer lines but if I do, then the Holy Spirit's really up to something big because I resist it because I just don't want to do prayer lines for prayer lines' sake. I want the Word of God to be resident in our hearts. Amen? Amen. Well, I had done exactly like I did today in Singapore, except it's a totally different message this morning. But the same thing happened. I went to bed. I'd been very, very full on. I went to bed very late. It was about midnight. And, and then I was sort of was all prepared for Sunday morning, woke up. And, and as I, when I woke up, the, the Lord really laid something else in my heart. And, and that's a panicky thing. <laughs> because I think, could I have known that yesterday? <laughs> I'm human. 
Yeah, he's busting. So I came out for breakfast, and uh, uh, we had been up there celebrating as well uh, during my time of ministry there uh, with Dr. Chow, who uh, is, was celebrating his 100th birthday. And so we were celebrating the birthday with him. Mind you, the guy's 100, but he goes to his office twice a week. He's a doctor. He plays golf once a week. And uh, you would not know he was 100. So I said to him, you just keep going because I'm watching you. And I, and I know if I keep watching you, I can be like this at 100. Amen. Why not? Yes. And, and so I came out and Pastor Danny Guglumucci was there with us. And Pastor Danny is sitting at breakfast with me. And he said, okay, Ray, so what are you going to be preaching today? I said, well, I had my message last night. But now I woke up this morning and the Lord's putting this message on my heart. He said, what's the message you're putting in your heart? And so I said to him, God's put my message in my heart, living with loss. He said, that's the one. That's it. I said, well, obviously, the Lord's woke me up, and now you're telling me. I preached. <laughs> I preached, and the Holy Spirit came, and there's a big, big church. And people, at the end of the service, without any pressuring, people just started flocking to the front. And the Holy Spirit fell in the most awesome way. People got saved. The Holy Spirit came, and I was preaching my heart. My wife was with me, and she said, you look like you'd gone back to those old early Pentecostal days. <laughs> you kind of lost it. And also because it didn't turn my mic down and I was singing as well. <laughs> Which I think she's the only one that noticed. But, uh, but uh, I'm not that good. But I was so into Holy Spirit and so into God moving and so into what was happening that I, I, I'm just going across the platform singing. And everybody else up here singing too. That I didn't know I was right up in the mic. I couldn't hear myself. I was up in the glories. <laughs> Man, I come home. I, I, each service, I was on top of the world. Preached the same message because they want the same message in multiple service. Came home. When we went for lunch, it was so incredible. And I was so on top of the world. And the anointing of God and the blessing of God. Preaching, living with loss. Monday morning, my IT guy rings me up and he said, just need to tell you that your office was broken into and there's a lot of stuff stolen. I came out of the heavens so fast. <laughs> I had been saving for years and years and years all my English currency and I, my mum would give me some and my family would give me some when I'd go home each year and, and I would keep it away because the exchange both ways just loses so much. So I was just put it away, totally locked in a secure building, secure office, secure this, secure that, as much as you can be secure. I had thousands of dollars of English money. They took the lot. And now I'm faced on Monday morning with living with loss. I said, I'm not going to preach any more of those several messages. <laughs> and then somebody sends me a message about Hudson Tyler, you know, from inland China missions. And said that he came back from one of his really arduous sacrificial mission trips and his house was completely and totally trashed. And somebody wrote to him and said, Rejoice in the spoiling of your goods. He said, But I don't need that message now. <laughs> I'm hurting. I don't know if this message is going to be affecting anything about me today, but oh dear Jesus. Why does the preacher have to find out first? 
I want you to suffer, not me. I'm up here telling you. Now, I, I'm not here to tell you anything. I, I'm here to share with you. Amen. I love being here. You know what? I did not think I would even be here. I was so ill. Uh, several days ago, I was so ill. And I said to my wife, unless the Lord comes, I'm not going to be able to make it. I even left stuff behind. I was so crook. She packs all my cash, but I take some of the things that I need for my counseling and ministry. I just left it. I, I, I didn't even know I had left it sitting on the floor. I didn't even know I'd put it. Be. I was in a, a haze. I got on an airplane and took off. I traveled all day. I came back. Pastor Willis picked me up on, well, he picked me up on, on, on uh, the, the night, uh, the morning uh, when I came in. And 10 o'clock at night. Yes, I'm still away there. <laughs> 10 o'clock at night is when we got back, did we not? Yes. I could not believe how good I felt when I got back after traveling all day. And I'm with you this morning to the glory of God. Amen. God is good. Amen. Because you know why? I had all these people. I, I wrote on Facebook for people to pray for me because I got all my prayer partners, you know, going and praying. And I got a whole lot of messages. Oh, I've had that for six weeks now. That so encouraged me. I, I haven't got six weeks to get better. Anyhow, I got, I've only got a lot of time to stop preaching, so I better get on with it. This morning, this is another thing that happened, and why we brought that up is this morning, I go to bed last night thinking about the message, though I wasn't entirely satisfied with it, so I put my alarm on early, and I got up this morning, and then I was waiting on the Lord, and the Lord changes the message, and I could not believe that when that happened, and then I'm scrambling to try and work all that out in the time that I have, and then I come here, and Pastor Willie tells me, he says... He tells me that he's actually starting a series on the subject that the Lord gave me this morning. How about that? Amen. Somebody's tuned in. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad I'm not deaf to the whole thing. How are you doing? Are you ready this morning? Okay. Well, I'm going to try and not keep you too long here and, and, and whatever. But one of the things that I want to talk about this morning is I want to talk about abiding in the vine. Just abiding in the vine. Let me make some declarations to you. We were not created to work for God. We need to get hold of that. We were not created to work for God. We were not created to live for God. How many of our sermons would not be around that kind of topic? What we need to be doing for God. What we want to do for God. How I have to live for God. But we were not primarily created to work for God. We were not primarily created to live with God. You were, uh, to, to, to live for God. You and I were created to live with God. We are eternal beings. And until we turn back to our original design, we will never be satisfied or fulfilled. Amen. In my previous theology, and I pastored for 20 years, in my previous theology, I was in a quite a legalistic system, and in my previous theology, when you were reading the Bible, everything was about do, and do, and do. And I used to wear these glasses, and in one of the lands, it had do, and the other lands had do. 
And then when I went to read the Bible, I read the Bible with doo-doo glasses. <laughs> and the whole Christian life was just a doo-doo thing. And I finished up getting buried under doo-doos. <laughs> Not a nice experience. <laughs> Jesus came to give me life to make me doo-doo. It's for freedom that Christ has set me free. Amen. A young man came to me, probably in his early 30s, and he came out for prayer in one of the meetings that I was doing. And he came for prayer, lovely young man. And I said to him, I said, well, so what do you want prayer for? He said, well, I want prayer. He said, because the Christian life is way too hard. It's too difficult. And he's got his head, he's already, he must know the whole idea because he's already had his eyes closed, hands up, and he's ready for a zap or something. And I said to him, I said, would you mind opening your eyes? I want to talk to you. I said, brother, the Christian life is not hard. The Christian life is not difficult. The Christian life is utterly impossible. (laughs) God has so designed the Christian life, you can't live it without him. Every other religion can be lived without him. But you can't live the Christian life without him. Amen. I said, I'm not praying for you. I'm going to pray for revelation to open your eyes. Amen. That we move out of that revelation into a different revelation where you can be free because he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. What a great scripture this is. Now, this is from the message, of course, but it says, live in me, make your home in me. God is far more comfortable living in my humanity than I am in living in him. He's comfortable with you this morning. He's comfortable living in you. If he wasn't comfortable, he would never have come but he is comfortable living in you. We try to measure up to the Christ who lives within instead of realizing that he's totally comfortable with me as a human being. Amen. I want a relationship with somebody I'm comfortable with. This year, this October, I will be married for 48 years. Long time. I'm so comfortable with a woman, I don't want to change her. (laughs) Could you imagine trying again? (laughs) I'm only now getting her to think like me. (laughs) I married her when she was 17. And people all told us it would never work. But the important thing is, you got to get them young to train them right. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Oh, boy, that's a bit of a sexist statement. Anyhow. (laughs) Please don't type things like that. I, I, it's a terrible thing when I travel. My wife says to me, when she comes, mind you, people say to her, how do you put up with Ray saying those things? She's in the front seat laughing her head off. 
she really enjoys it because I don't know if she's ever heard it before. <laughs> make your home in me just as I make my home in you. He is at home in you this morning. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to force it. We don't have to try and get him down. We don't have to go to the heavens and bring him down. He is actually at home in you. He has taken up his abode and he's comfortable living and at home in you. In the same way that a branch cannot bear grace by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Bear for it unless you're joined to me. Because get it right. Jesus says, get it right. I'm the vine, not you. You know, I have been very fortunate over years of being promoted, in, first in the secular world, and then as I've gone on in the business and the profession I'm in. And I have been promoted. But you know something? In the Christian life, there's no promotion, except when you die. Then you go to heaven. Do you know why? I start out as a little branch. I continue as a little branch, and I'll die as a little branch. And that's why, regardless of any degrees or titles or anything else that I may have, I'm no better than anybody in this room. I am with you. I am a branch. And I am utterly, totally, and completely dependent on the vine. He says, I am. Ray, don't forget that. Because if you forget that, you will only hassle yourself. And you'll only burn out and work yourself into the ground. I am, if you can recognize that I am and you never will be. That changes me from who I source myself from. Not sourcing myself from my educational books, not from my courses, not from any other aspects of life and ministry, but I'm sourcing myself from him. I am vitally connected to eternity. Amen. So we're connected to him. You are only a branch, you'll always be a branch. And when you're joined to me and I with you, the relationship is really intimate and organic. You know what? That's the kind of relationship. I know a lot of people. I love a lot of people. I love people. I meet people. I meet people here. And, 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 and I, I had a great time yesterday with Justine, and we just shared and talked and over lunch and had a great time, you know, and I just love being with her and enjoying her. But you know the big difference to being with my wife that moves me from enjoying relationship with somebody else that you can love is where I enter into an intimate relationship. A relationship that I don't have with another single person that meets me at a level that nobody else can meet me with. An intimate level. Do you know something? We could know God at a cognitive level but we need to know him at an intimate level. Lots of people know about religion, but they don't know about the intimacy that is necessary for Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something. Without intimacy, there's no productivity. It's only in my intimacy that we produced our children. But I'm not only talking about a sexual intimacy, I'm talking about an intimacy of spirit, an intimacy of mind, an intimacy of soul, getting together. God is fully engaged with me. At every level of my life, he's engaged with me. Amen. And the harvest is automatic. Separate it from me, you can't do a thing. My brother's sister this morning, one of the most important things, and we're going to put, a, we're going to put up uh, for you now a diagram. This diagram I've got here done. I want you to have a little look at the diagram. We'll try and see if we can work through that as quickly as possible. Do you see that okay? 
You like my diagram? Yes would be a good uh, answer. Okay. Now, you, you can take a picture of it if you like and remember it. But here's what I want you to see. One day, I was just like a little plant in a vase. I was trying to live while I died. And then Jesus came along and he planted me. I'll switch it on. He planted me into the vine. Now, it had absolutely nothing to do with me. My salvation had nothing to do with me. I grew up in a very abusive home. Alcoholic father, brilliant man, but alcoholic, incredibly abusive, beat us up unmercifully so much over the years. And I grew up in a home where I became very hard, very murderous, wanted to kill him. And I hated every moment of being around him, working with him. And we couldn't do much else because we're on a farm in Ireland. And so... I did not have any regard for anybody else because of what was going on in the walls that I had built up and the hatred and the bitterness and so on against my father. One day, there's only three things that I liked. There's three things I enjoyed that give me some kind of satisfaction. I loved playing soccer. I loved... Are you going for Manchester United? Well, then put your hand down, please. <laughs> Yeah, amen. God bless you. You are really close to heaven this morning. <laughs> number two, I loved riding motorbikes. And young people, number three, guess what it was? Of course it was girls. <laughs> yes. I don't know what the order was. Maybe I was taking the girls on the motorbike to the soccer match. I, I, I don't know what the order was. But either way, that's what I enjoyed. That was what was giving me some kind of fulfillment or some kind of satisfaction. One day on my way to the soccer match, the Holy Spirit arrested me. He came totally uninvited, and he came and intercepted my life. And that day, I found Jesus. The Holy Spirit gave me a revelation of the love of Christ, and I fell totally and absolutely and completely in love with Jesus. I wouldn't cry after age of five. I think I did once when my father beat me up in, in, a, in a, a public bus. Outside of that, I don't think I ever cried because I'd hardened myself that when he was beating me, I wouldn't give him the pleasure of seeing me cry. That day, when Jesus set his love on me, I cried and I cried and I cried and all these walls just started breaking down inside me for the first time in my life. Somebody genuinely loved me. They had no agenda. They just loved me. That Jesus loved me. Do you know this morning, I don't know if you've had that experience or not, but he loves you so much this morning. And he was out tracking after me and I didn't even know it. I searched for him and knew not what I searched for. I longed for him and knew not what I longed for. And then I found Jesus and I knew that I would search no more. He filled the longing deep down in my soul. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Yes. That day he planted me into the vine. Do you know what? I had nothing to do with it. He came, he spoke to me, he touched me, he transformed me, and all I said was yes. And my life was completely changed. He's the author of my faith. And what he authorized, he will finish. But the problem is, 
I, I, had, I felt so in love with Jesus. And you know what? I never had a problem until I learned theology. Isn't that something? Because then I learned that I had to do all these things. Do you know what? I was in an old farm loft. No electricity. Pumped up an old lamp. No heating system. Up in an old farm loft with only the slights between me and, 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 and the outside snow and ice. And I lay there wrapped up, rolled up in blankets with an old Bible that somebody gave me. And I devoured the Bible. Nobody told me to read the Bible. Nobody told me to pray. Nobody told me I couldn't fornicate. Nobody told me any of that. All I knew is I fell totally in love with Jesus. And I had a spiritual appetite. And I didn't want to fornicate because I didn't want anything to complicate this experience that I was having with Christ. And I devoured the scriptures. I devoured the word of God. And nobody had told me. And in those days are the days that God called me to the ministry as a teenager. Amen. See, he started this thing. Now, that's a lot of years ago. Because you're looking at me this morning. And you're thinking, oh, man, he's nearly over the hill. <laughs> well, I could go on to be in 100. But let me tell you something. That love and that fire is still in my soul today. Amen. Because now none but Christ can satisfy. No other name for me. There's love and life and lasting joy, Lord Jesus, found only in you. Amen. And he puts me into the vine. Now, here's what's important. The only thing that you and I have as individuals is choice. Let me tell you this, and this might be startling for you. But your freedom now, no longer, as a believer, your freedom now no longer depends on God. Your freedom does not depend on the devil. Your freedom depends on your choice. Because Jesus, when he died on the cross of Calvary, he did not say to be continued. He said it's finished. He's done everything. Peter says he has given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. I have everything I need. Amen. Because I'm plugged in. Are you plugged in this morning? Amen. Now, Plugging in is not some effort of trying to get to heaven, trying to reach up and bring God down, trying to make something happen, trying to fast and pray for weeks and months. It's a bit of choice. He has provided it. He says, I am the vine. I'm there and you are the branch. I am already connected to him for eternity. He has grafted me in. I belong to him. I am his child and he's given me everything I need for abundant living. Amen. Now, what we, what we will see here is fruit bearing. Oh my. Patience. Who's very patient today? I am the most impatient person in this room. Boy, I remember my legalistic days when we used to say, we have, and the messages we got, you have to get the fruit of the Spirit. You need to have the fruit of the Spirit. And we were beaten up about getting the fruit of the Spirit and trying to get the fruit of the Spirit. And I didn't twig on for a long time that it was not the fruit of Ray Andrews. It was actually the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> One time, I was traveling down south on my way to preach on some subject of abiding. And down through the valley and all the way down where we go, it's a beautiful coastline. And all the way down, I'm going early Sunday morning because I'm going down to this church, way down the coast to preach. And so I had to be up early Sunday morning. I'm driving around. And I get down into one of the beautiful places, which is the Rambaka Valley. 
and it's a beautiful spot. And you come down into there, and then you hit the 60 zone, and then you go down there for miles on the 60, because that's a really bad part of the road. And I just get inside the 60, and here is this old farmer in his car, driving at 40 kilometers an hour, hat pulled over the years. He's out for his Sunday morning drive. And he's looking at the water. And he's looking at the hills. I was okay for about five minutes. <laughs> and then I went right up close to him to influence him, you understand. And then I could sense the whole thing. Everything inside me is stirring up. You, you, you wouldn't know this because you're spiritual, but it was, <laughs> it, 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 it was stirring up inside me. And then here's the line of sanity and insanity. I start talking to him. <laughs> of course, his windows are up and so are mine, but I'm running a conversation. And I'm saying, look in your mirrors. Why do you have mirrors? Why, in the end, I have just about reached road rage. And I screamed at him. And I'm right up at his knees, bummer bar. And I screamed at him. And I said, if you want to look at the countryside, buy yourself a bicycle. <laughs> and God spoke to me. And God said, look at you. <laughs> I've had a few looks at myself. And I, I just started to think, the irony, I'm going to preach about abiding in Christ and I'm ready to push this bloke in the drink. <laughs> Do you know in my past legalistic days, I'd have pulled over, stopped in the side of the road, Went through a whole line of repentance, getting my heart right. Or I'd have turned around and gone home and disqualified myself from being able to go. But in this occasion now, in this revelation, my hair all right? <laughs> I'm, try I'm trying to protect what's left of it. And, and the reason I do is because my wife says to me, but your hair was all over your face. And I said, my hair was over my face. I wish. But in this occasion, in this occasion, I started laughing, and I laughed, and I laughed, and I laughed. I thought, I'm going to preach an abiding in Christ, and I've lost it. <laughs> and then I just turned to the Lord. You know something? You have to admit where you are before you can leave where you are. If you don't own something, you'll never disown it. And at that moment, I stopped, and I said, Father, and I, I, I was mad, you understand, at this point. But I'm laughing, mad laughing. You can only be Irish to be like that. And I said to the Lord, I said, I am out of patience. I am out, out, out. I was out, you understand. You know what? I used to never tell God what I really felt in case he didn't like it. Being so stupid not to know that he knew you all the time. We learn to tell God things that we felt he should know. 
stupid. <laughs> I, I, was now, I could now be totally honest. This is where I am at. And I said to the Lord, Father, this is your opportunity to prove the message I teach at this moment for me, or nothing is workable. I have no patience left in my soul, in my personality. One of the biggest faults I have is the lack of patience. And yet I sit every day with people, day after day after day. But it's my biggest fault. Ask my wife when she goes driving with me. I said, Father, this is your opportunity now to prove what I say, that Jesus is everything to me that I am not. And there's so much that I am not. And it's not the fruit of Ray Andrews, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Unless you come, Lord, and unless you fill me with your patience, unless you give me your patience, I'm out, out, out. Do you know what? The moment you're real with God, you experience the reality of God. Just be real with God. Just be real with God. Experience the reality of God. Do you know, let me tell you something. I could not believe what was next to happen. God came and he filled my car with such peace. I could almost feel like I could reach out and it was tangible, that I could grab it, that I could bottle it, that I could take it. It was so tangible. My whole being was saturated. My car was saturated. I know about the peace of God, but man, that was something else. I was totally filled up in my car and in my being and everything about me. I was in total peace. He came when I needed him because he knew it was the fruit of the Spirit and not the fruit of Ray Andrews. And he came at the moment of truth. I made a choice to have truth. I'm wrong. You're right. And at that moment, he came. Do you know something? My circumstances had not changed. The guy was still looking at the countryside, but I lifted my foot and I sat for the rest of those miles behind him, totally luxurating in the blessing of God. Getting, and you know, when I got to the meeting, I wanted the singers to sit down and let me get up. I was so excited and so ready to go. And you imagine how my, my message changed then. I just fired up with whatever was on my heart and went. Amen. Oh, it's good that. Do you know what? It's so good that it does not depend on me. It's all about him. Everything in you. We ask God to give us this. Do you know what? I don't want to knock anybody's song. I don't know if you sing it here. And please don't see me knocking songs and things. There's a few of them I don't like, mind you. But we sing more peace, more power, more love, more of you in my life. I want to tell you something this morning. You have everything you need. Please don't sing more stuff in your life. You've got every, That's unbelief. You're looking for something for what you've already got. I was working with leaders in London, and I gave her a run of things that they might like to do during that whole Saturday seminar with these leaders. And you know what? When I asked them if that's what they wanted, every one of them put their hand up. And I said, you see, here's the problem in the Christian life and in pastoral and staff life. Here's a problem. We keep working for what we've already got. We just keep working for what we've already got. It's, it's all mine. It's all mine. You know what? I don't have to go up to the heavens to bring him down. It's all yours. Now, we think it's hard or it's difficult. or it's, it's not at all. You know what? You and me have the same ability to make choice. The same ability to make choice. 
I make a choice to move out of my soul area into the spirit life by choice. He lives in me. Christ lives in me. Wonder of wonders and mercy of mercies. Christ lives in me. Amen. He has come and taken up his abode in me. And now I have the fruit of, I have the fruit of everything that I need. When this, when my branch is connected vitally to the vine, whatever you need, you have everything that you need. Amen. Why do we dry up? Why do we struggle? Why do we have hardship? Do you know what? It isn't God's fault. And I don't need to go praying and fasting to find out what God has gotten. If he would break through for me and if he would come and do all this stuff for me. Do you know what? I just make a choice. Regardless of my emotions. My soul is the expression of my spirit. And David continually said, bless the Lord, O my soul. My soul expresses what I have in the Lord. It doesn't matter because my emotions in my soul can move anywhere, anyhow. My mind can take me in any direction. My will can lead me down any road. But all I have to do is make a choice. And when I make a choice and open the door into his life, he flows through me and I have everything that I need. Oh, hallelujah. You see, we're going to do a series on abiding. This would be a little good start, is it? Good start. See, the Lord knew, but I didn't know that. Pastor didn't tell me that they were doing abiding in the church. The Lord knew. Why? It's time we all knew how to simply abide. Oh, it's such a restful place to abide. Hallelujah. And when you abide, you experience his life flowing through you. Now, in the abiding right here, what I do is there's a door. This door is the door of choice. When you get up this morning, you made a choice. Some people get up in the morning and they say, good morning, Lord. Other people get up in the morning and say, good Lord, morning. <laughs> this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will, I will, I will, I don't want to, but I will rejoice and be glad. Or you can make a choice and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will be miserable and sad. <laughs> the color of your day does not depend on God. The color of your day, your choice, what do you make? I have a choice. And the choice is, I decide. Have I ever been miserable? You know, I think people think that I just jump out of bed every day and I'm so, so in contact with God like no other man. Preachers have it all together and they all have no soul and there's no flesh and they're just alive with the Spirit all the time. That's not true. That's not true. I get out of bed some days and my flesh and my being and everything would be completely feeling like non-spiritual. But I got a big day ahead. I got a huge day ahead. And I can't make that day on my own. I won't make it on my own. The trap in the garden, and it's the same trap is we are having and experiencing today. The devil comes to Adam and Eve, and after some time when they were enjoying the presence of God, he comes to them and he says, now 
you don't need him up there. You can do this all by yourself. He wanted to cut the umbilical cord. Today, the devil doesn't care whether you sin in adultery or lies or drunkenness or drugs or anything else. That is infinitesimal. All he wants to do is cut the umbilical cord and then send you looking for your needs to be met somewhere other than God. I need to be divinely resourced. I need to ensure that I, by choice, want God today. I make the decision to walk with him today. And as I do, because if I don't, I can close this door. When I close this door, I go out into the branch. Living, that's me. That's Ray, the branch. There, you put your name in there, and that's the soul. When you close the door through pride or unbelief, that is, just to say, I can do it myself. I can do very well by myself. I know how to do this now. I'm gifted. I'm called. I've got talents. I've got intelligence. I can do it all by myself. Lie. It's a lie. I don't care how gifted you are, how talented you are, how intellectual you are, what degrees you've got, or what minister calling you've got. You can't do it by yourself. Pride can take us down. Unbelief. Well, I know, brother, what you're saying. I struggled for a while. I know what you're saying. I'm not sure. Can Jesus really do something like that for me? Can God really do that in my life? And I move into unbelief. The Bible says that the children of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. Brother, sister, this morning, I want to tell you something. I belong to a heavenly corporation. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, unlimited. If there's one thing I know about God, he's unlimited. But if there's one thing I know about God, he's limited. How do you limit the unlimited God? And the Bible says, and they limited him in their believing. You can limit the work of God in your believing. I don't believe that God can do it for me. It's all right, you up there sprouting. It's all right, you saying it. But I don't know God can do it for you. Listen, God has no favorites. I'm no closer to heaven than you are. But let me tell you, he did sing a song this morning and, and maybe we make a little tweak to it or something, but it was talking about Jesus draw me near. Let me tell you something. You cannot be nearer to God than you are in this meeting at this moment. You will never be nearer no matter how long you pray or fast or read the Bible. You will never be nearer than you are now. How can you get nearer to God? The moment you think that you have to get nearer to God you start struggling in unbelief because Christ lives in you. You can't be nearer than that near. He lives inside you. The, oh, can I have a greater consciousness of him? A greater awareness of him? Oh, yes, absolutely. But my soul, the branch, my soul will come up with all kinds of emotions. They toss me around all here, there, and everywhere. My branch can come up with my own will. I want to do my own thing. My branch can. The moment you close the door, here's the snag. And I know I've got to finish this quickly because there's not much to talk about. But the problem is, the moment you go in your soul, you move into all the areas of your weaknesses and your flesh, and then you start living no different to a non-Christian person. And you know what? When I close the door, there's a lot of people going to heaven, but it's a hell of a trip. Because they close the door 
and you're on your own. There's no life, there's no fruit, and you know what you do? You start getting angry, irritable, and here's the bigger problem. A, non, a, a Christian who closes the door to his life by choice is way far worse than an unsaved person because an unsaved person has never had their spirit life opened up and they don't know what they're missing. But if you've been born again, you will never, ever, ever be satisfied again by anything in the world because your spirit will keep crying out to go back to its maker. It'll want to go back to its God. And the more you do it, the more miserable you become. Some people in the world, in their coping mechanisms, are semi-happy with where they're at because they know no better. But as a believer, you become the most miserable person on the planet. Irritable, angry, upset, cranky, not nice with your wife or your husband, not nice in your community, because inside there's this gnawing and gnawing and gnawing that you're separated yourself from your God. He's there all the time, but you're not enjoying him. Because you close the door to the soul to flowing out into your life. Does that make sense to you, what I'm saying to you? Do you get that? I hope so, because I'm preaching very hard. <laughs> In rest. Oh, okay. So now I can close it by pride or unbelief. Now, I could go on and talk a lot about different stuff, but I'm running out of time, so I'm just going to open the next little part. But now I can open the door, and I open the door by humility. Humility is not saying, I am nothing. Humility is saying, I have nothing. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to your cross I cling. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need your life. Jesus, I need your provision. Jesus, I need your wisdom. Jesus, I can't live without the fruit of the Spirit. It's never been the fruit of Ray Andrews. It never will be the fruit of Ray Andrews because you close the door and I will go into the fruit of my soul and it would not be a pretty sight. When people talk to me about my spirituality, I said the best way for you to find that out is ring my wife. She sleeps with me, lives with me, does life with me. She does everything with me. She knows me best. She'll tell you if I close the door or not. Amen. I try to remind her when she does. <laughs> Amen. I just humble myself, faith. The only answer to your lying emotions is faith. And faith is expressed in thanksgiving. And I move into thanksgiving and praise. Father, I do need you. Father, I have truth. I close the door by choice. The devil's wanting me to cut them in a little cord. I'm not being resourced. And now I want to just abide in you. I open the door. And when I open the door to his life, all of his life flows through my branch. That is through my soul. And now I start becoming a fruit-bearing Christian. My wife likes me. My kids like me. People around me like me. I haven't got to struggle anymore. I don't have to get mad and angry anymore because it's the life of the Spirit flowing through this soul. My soul with the door closed is no more nice than yours and no more ugly than yours. But with the door open, you and I can live the best people in the world because people are experiencing the life of Jesus. I tell you, I'd never be able to do what I do without the door that's wide open to flow into my soul to give me the ability, the gifting, the insight, the understanding, the health, the strength, and everything that comes from him. Amen. Because you know why? And just finish with this. 
If I had done what I did in my old in my old legalistic days, if I'd have done in my old legalistic days and I'd have gone over to the side of the road and really disciplined myself and got in the car and then counted one, two, three, four, five, and so on, disciplined myself, then what I would have done, we'd have got to the church and then everybody would have got up to sing, to Ray be the glory, great things he has done. But instead, the song, to God be the glory, great things he has done. There is no glory to me. All glory belongs to him. And all I have to do is go for the ride. Do you know what? Do you see that abiding is easy? It's simple. It brings productivity. It brings harmony. It stops your inner division and helps you to live the life that you need to live in this sinful world before Jesus. Do you like that? Are you going to make that choice? Because today, tomorrow, Sunday does not happen for Sunday. Sunday happens from Monday through Saturday. We make the choice every day to keep the door open. Just a choice. He comes and gives you everything you need. Amen? God bless you. Thank you, Pastor.